Are you a Dragon Boat athlete? Have you ever thought about joining a team? Hornet Water Sports makes high-performance, lightweight, carbon-fiber Dragon Boat paddles. You can choose from one of their many graphic designs. Don't settle for just a boring black paddle. I love their design so much that I have four different paddles. They also have all of the Dragon Boat accessories that you need, paddle bags, tip covers, tape, and more. Visit their website at hornetwatersports.com and enter the code PINK at checkout to receive 10% off of your order. That's hornetwatersports.com and enter the code PINK. Strokeside Designs is a New York-based fine jewelry company focused on water sports. This is the best jewelry I have found through many years of searching. I love my Dragon Boat Paddle Heart earrings and my pendant. The jewelers at Strokeside Designs have worked for famous jewelry houses such as Tiffany & Company and Cartier. All of the pieces are hand-finished from fine materials. Express your passion for kayaking, canoeing, and dragon boating. Visit PaddleJewelry.com and get free shipping with the code PINK. That is PaddleJewelry.com and enter the code PINK. Josh Levin, current president of Lymphedema, joined me on the podcast. We talked about lymphedema, including some of the potential risk factors that I didn't even know about. He shared the story behind Lymphedeva and the products and services that the company provides. Josh also talks about continuing on the legacy of his late sister, Rachel, who founded Lymphedeva along with a friend, Robin Hill. Take a listen in. Welcome to Behind the Pink Ribbon, where we share stories, information, and other content related to breast cancer. My name is Melissa Adams. I am a 12-year genetic breast cancer survivor. I've learned so much through my own journey with breast cancer. I have met some amazing people along the way, many that have become lifelong friends. I have experienced the emotional roller coaster of a breast cancer diagnosis, heartache, anger, frustration, loneliness, and even gratitude. Through this podcast, we will speak to breast cancer survivors, supporters, and healthcare professionals to gain insight and understanding behind the pink ribbon. I'm here today with Josh Levin. He is the current president of Lymphedivas. So welcome to the podcast, Josh. It's very nice to have you. Thank you very much, Melissa. It's a real pleasure to talk to you today. Yeah, well, thank you for that. So let's talk a little bit. I mean, we're really just going to dive straight into this. Um, let's talk a little bit about lymphedema, um, which is, you know, the medical complication that many people experience when they've had a number of lymph nodes um, removed. So let's talk a little bit first about that. And then let's talk about um, Lymphedivas, which is the company to support um, that medical um, issue, if you will. Sure. Uh, so, you know, so to kind of begin with, lymphedema itself is not just a complication, although it is a complication, uh, but it is also a disease. Uh, there are some people that are born with it, uh, known as primary lymphedema, um, but then there's secondary lymphedema like we see with relationships with breast cancer. Um, and the disease really becomes a complication of breast cancer diagnosis when lymph nodes are taken out of the body during that diagnostic phase. And then later, if there's radiation therapy as well, that also can further damage the lymphatic system. Well, that's interesting, and, first of all. And then what um, ends up happening after that is the system may not work as well. And I use a lot of words when I talk about lymphedema that that aren't hard lines in the sand. You know, so it may 
help increase the risk of having lymphedema because the system isn't able to continue moving that lymphatic fluid that the body uses to analyze uh, what's in the body can direct the immune system to to work on things that it does find and if it's not able to move that fluid at the same level that it did before you can get this build up this swelling of lymphatic fluid in your limb or your chest so I'm going to be completely honest with you and tell you, number one, um, that I did not realize that lymphedema itself itself was a disease and that you can have a primary lymphedema and then a secondary. Um, you know, for me, this notion of lymphedema really came about when I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And so the only thing that I've really ever associated it with was having lymph nodes removed. So I find that pretty fascinating. Um, Two is the fact that, again, my understanding of it has always been only that it can be impacted by removal of lymph nodes, not necessarily anything else. So I've had radiation, but I never Mm -hmm. associated having radiation to the possibility of risk for developing lymphedema. And, you know, all those things together still there aren't any studies out there that dictate to either a therapist or a physician what somebody's actual risk is so you know in general we kind of know that if you've had a axillary node dissection where they've where they've t- where they've taken out a large number of nodes and you've had radiation you have more risk uh, how much risk is kind of still an unknown uh, there are studies out there that say you know it's 30 percent some say 40 percent um, but the vast majority still do agree that whether it's whether it's still unclear what your exact risk is, the risk can still remain even 25 years after your surgery. So this isn't something that if you don't get it within the first couple of years that you don't have any more risk, the risk can still remain. Now, they've started doing these sentinel node biopsies where they can identify the lymph node that sort of tells all the other lymph nodes what to do. And they can take that one out and look and get nearly as much information as they do with an axillary node, but oftentimes they still need to go back in and take out one or two or three more to really get the picture that they need. And it's very unclear where the line between a sentinel node biopsy risk, which is significantly lower. Um, You know, if we say that an axillary node with radiation, you've got a 40% chance of getting lymphedema, a sentinel node uh, is more like a 5 to 15% chance. But it's unclear if it's at one node or two nodes or three nodes. You know, when do you cross that line between a sentinel node biopsy and an axillary node dissection? And so really what it comes down to is there's some risk here, and it's all about working with your medical team and yourself to figure out all right, you know, do I understand what my potential risk area might be? And what am I willing to do to try and reduce that risk while still maintaining the quality of life that I want? Right. Yeah. And so I did have the sentinel lymph node biopsy. Um, So I think they removed a total of three, um, Mm -hmm. you know, for me. So, you know, but still that's, that's kind of interesting. Um, You know, I've never thought about, oh, you know, I still have this five to 15% potential risk um, for developing it. 
And nor did I ever think, you know, I'm 13 years out at this point. I, you know, I never really thought like, oh, you know, this may not show up right now, but it might show up later. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's really great information to have. And, and it doesn't mean that you have to start wearing sleeves either at high risk times, like if you're exercising or if you're taking a flight, um, you know, it doesn't mean that you have to wear them every day. It really is a decision that you yourself can make of, all right, I understand that I've got some risk here, you know, is wearing it and, and purchasing these worthwhile to help reduce my risk? Or at this point, do I feel like, all right, you know, I think I'm, I'm doing okay. If I get it, I'll deal with it. But you know, I'm sure you understand that once you do get it, it, there is no cure for it. So a lot of, you know, what we try and talk about is prevention or early identification. So, you know, if you're either opting to not wear a sleeve at any time and then you still want to be able to understand when something might be starting. So those feelings of heaviness in one arm would, would begin before anything visual begins, but seeing it, feeling it, understanding it and getting ahead of it before it becomes a bigger problem is really the area that we really try to be in. Cause we've got a product that makes it a little bit easier to wear these things by making them a little bit more attractive and fun and stylish, uh, but still in a way that, mechanically is still going to help reduce your risk. Right. Well, and I, you know, kind of looking at your website, there is a a section on there. If you go under the about lymphedema, there is the risk reduction, Um, you know, and so some of the things that are listed on there, um, again, because I have not been impacted by it necessarily, you know, I've, I know women who have it, but you know, it's, it's one of those things where like, until it happens to you, um, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't really think so much about it, but you know, like things like avoiding infection, avoiding burns, you know, keeping the skin protected, avoiding using shoulder straps. I wouldn't have thought of that. So carrying a purse Mm -hmm. could be a potential risk. Like that could potentially, um, you know, if you're use if you're carrying a purse on the side where you've had your lymph nodes removed, that may potentially lead to lymphedema. Correct. You know, like anything that's sort of cutting off the flow of fluid might be a risk there. And with all of these risk factors that we have on there, you know, again, there are some studies out there that say, yes, these are a risk. You can find other studies that say, no, they aren't a risk. And what it comes down to, in our opinion, is this might be a risk. And understanding and saying, all right, you know, I understand that this might be a risk. I'm not sure if it is or, or it isn't for me. But carrying my bag on my other shoulder is something that I can learn how to do. And I don't think it's going to impact me. But you may say, all right, you know, going into a hot tub, um, raising your body temperature generally increases capillary flow, which can then increase swelling. That's sort of why that one's a, you know, on our risk reduction. But if you love hot tubs and it makes you a happy person and you haven't seen swelling from it and not going into one is going to make you a miserable person, you can still make that personal call of saying, all right, I understand there's some risk here, but for my own quality of life, I'm going to take this potential risk. Uh, and that that's all part of the decision-making process when the, determining what you're willing to do to potentially reduce your risk. 
Interesting. Hadn't thought about the hot tub either. (laughs) 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 To be quite honest with you, I love my hot tub. Um, (laughs) But, you know, again, this is very informative for me because, you know, I don't know all of these things. But I do love the fact that, you know, on your website, you do have a section there that, you know, talks about the risk reduction that, you know, provides educational materials and resources so that, you know, anybody that might be concerned or anybody that, you know, has experienced lymphedema, that they can go to the website and take a look and, you know, sort through some of that information. So I think that's great. Thank you. And that really is a big part of who we are as a company as well. You know, being a place where we can educate people, make them feel a little bit more comfortable about this disease that they may be at risk for or are currently managing. You know, this is a big part of why we started you know, who started us and what sort of happened throughout our history as a as a company uh, so that we really were doing something that we felt wasn't just putting a product out there, but was helping educate people about why this product is, is there and provide some more information for people that might not be getting everything that they would like from other sources. Right. Well, and that was a great segue right into what I wanted to talk about next, (laughs) which is, um, you know, kind of how the company got started. You know, what was the inspiration behind getting the company up and running? You know, what was the philosophy? I always feel like things start because there's a need for something that somebody sees that isn't being fulfilled. Um, And so let's talk a little bit about, you know, how the company got started, who started it. Sure. So that, you know, and and that really is how and why we started. Uh, The company officially began in 2006. And uh, that was started about eight months after my sister, uh, Rachel Levin Troxel, uh, had been diagnosed with and completed her breast cancer treatment. Um, She was triple negative, uh, stage three. And in our family, that was a real shock. We really had no known instances of cancer. And so for her at age 35 to be diagnosed with this was, I mean, it it came out of nowhere for us. And we were, she was living in Philadelphia at the time and being treated at the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, The physiatrist there, uh, Dr. Andrea Cheville, uh, was a, you know, her specialty was in lymphedema at that time. And she was seeing my sister and a few months after my sister finished treatment, she noticed that her arm felt heavy, something was wrong, and Dr. Cheville immediately recognized it, Uh, gave her a prescription, sent her to the local DME to pick up an arm sleeve, and that was really the beginning of how we started. When Rachel walked into that DME store, you know, it was your standard DME, not like a breast cancer boutique, but, you know, bedpans, wheelchairs, crutches, not a super friendly warm environment and she went up to the front and put her prescription down saying i need to get one of these and the guy turns around and pulls one off the shelf you know and it's this ugly beige yes coarse fabric that you know she just was looking at this and thinking i i can't wear this for the rest of my life i don't want to wear this for the rest of my life and uh she was kind of commiserating about this with a, another patient of Dr. Cheville, uh, Robin Miller, who was 
even younger than my sister, um, almost by 10 years, uh, also a breast, going through breast cancer treatment. Um, and the two of them had said, all right, this is awful. Let's make something that we would actually want to wear. And that was the beginning of Lymphedivas. And my sister was an athlete and wearing sports compression. And in her mind, she was like, I don't understand why medical grade graduated compression can't feel like the sports compression that I've been wearing. And that was how we got started, where we went to a company in Delaware to help us develop it and brought medical grade compression sleeves and sports compression and said, I need them to work like these medicals, but I want them to feel like these sports compression garments so that they were lightweight and moisture wicking and breathable, have a silky feel rather than coarse and then make them pretty. Yeah. Well, and I think, um, you know, again, it goes back to there's always a need that somebody doesn't feel like is being fulfilled. And so, you know, for Rachel, it really was, you know, I, I've seen the sleeves. I've not worn one. Um, you know, I've not even felt one, but I've seen them and they look like they're just really heavy very restricting. And I get it. You know, I know that it's compression and that's for a reason. Um, but it doesn't feel like it doesn't look like there would be a whole lot of flexibility and movement that somebody could engage in using just, you know, kind of your typical sleeve. Mm -hmm. And I think that that sports compression really kind of took that somewhere different. Um, and that was the first time they sort of said, hey, you know, we can knit a compressive garment and still give you mobility. And when Rachel combined that mobility and feel with graduated compression that was necessary for managing lymphedema, she sort of brought those worlds together and created something that would do what it needed to do mechanically, but also do what she needed it to do emotionally for her so that it, it made it easier for her to deal with and live with this disease. Right. Well, and I think, um, you know, it, so in the world of dragon boating, which is a sport that I'm highly involved in, um, there are many women who I see with a compression sleeves. Um, and many of them are just your typical, you know, compression sleeve um, that I see, you know, I would say more often than not. Um, but kind of thinking about what it is that we're doing, you know, as an athlete, I'm glad that she brought that perspective because, you know, it, even though in dragon boating, you know, we kind of keep our arms straight, there still has to be a level of mobility. And so mm -hmm. I think that that's really important that, you know, it has to be something that is functional, um, has to be something that makes you feel good. You know, there is nothing... Well, there could potentially be worse things, but, you know, I feel like it's one of those things where, you know, if you feel like you're always self-conscious of something that you have to wear and potentially for the rest of your life, like that's not a way to live, you know, like right. it's, it's, you have to feel comfortable it, in whatever it is you that are you have to. And yes. how you, and how you are appearing both internally and externally, you know, this is, you know, having a positive outlook is also going to affect your physiological response to things as well. So by giving people some control over their disease, by letting them, you know, pick a color or a pattern or, you know, making it feel like this is less of, I'm just wearing a medical device and in 
increasing the positivity of interactions with other people. You know, that was one of those things that Rachel really had a hard time with was when she was wearing the the beige ones that looked like a bandage. Mm-hmm. The approach when people saw her was, oh, my God, what happened to your arm? Right. And it just started this as a negative conversation. And then when she started wearing her lymphedivas, it was, hey, that's cool. Where'd you get that? <laughs> and, you know, it was an entirely yes. different conversation. It made her feel better. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's the biggest thing too, is, you know, we, we as breast cancer survivors and, and not that other people don't experience this, but as breast cancer survivors, you know, I, there are so many things that happen to your body that really take away from your confidence or can, you know, not everybody's in that space, but you know, any little thing that can change the conversation and make people feel better, um, you know, about themselves is important. So mm-hmm. yeah, I love, I love just that, that exact example of, you know, this is what she experienced when she was wearing the beige one. And this is what she got when she was doing the lymphedemas. <laughs> um, you know, and they are super cool. I mean, I'm looking at the the garments online, um, you know, kind of as we're talking and, and there are some really cool designs. Um, so I could see how people would be like, what is that? And where do you get one? <laughs> and, and we have a lot of fun with that here. I mean, that, you know, I, I've got basically a full-time designer uh, that does that. The original designer is now sort of our creative director as well as marketing director. And she still, you know, works with the designer on this, but we come out with new patterns twice a year. You know, we're always looking and trying to figure out what's going to be interesting what's going to be fun. You know, we send out surveys so that, you know, the, the folks who follow us can have a say in it and we get an idea of what they're looking for. So, you know, this is, this is all about creating choices and options for people. Yeah. Well, I love it. And that was really what Rachel was trying to do. Uh, You know, and in fact, once she had gotten started, a competitor had followed and uh, one of her other business partners was really concerned. He's like, you know, what happens if they put us out of business? And, you know, Rachel's response was, well, you know, I don't think they will because I think that we've got a pretty good product here. But even if they do, then I've done what I started, which was create options for those who are needing to deal with this. You know, before we came around, it was only beige. Didn't matter what color skin you had. It was plain beige. We were the first company to have a, a, a darker skin tone, first company to offer other just pretty fashion colors, the first company to offer patterns. You know, we've been doing a lot to sort of push this industry in areas that I don't think that they had intended to go. But the result of it is that people have choices, whether it's in our garments or somebody else's. That was Rachel's goal after she passed away and my dad took over. It was his goal. And he brought he was a medical doctor and he brought a lot of his medical background into the company to try and improve the mechanics of the product as well and the fitting of it. And then when I took over from him uh, a little about 10 years ago, you know, I I've continued to sort of try and meld both of those aspects, the making people feel better about what they've got as well as making sure that the product itself is doing what it should be doing. Um, and really just trying to get the word out there that people do have these choices and they can get it from somebody that really understands what they're going through because that was how we started and can be there for them as a resource and not just someone trying to say, Hey, here, buy this product. I think that's, I, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It is really all about having choices. <laughs> um, 
you know, and, and thinking about, you know, women of color, you know, maybe they don't want a beige sleeve, you know, it's, it's not, a, you know, maybe it's not appealing. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I love that your focus is so much on just being able to provide choices. Um, and the other thing that I want to say is, you know, first of all, I'm, I'm really sorry that Rachel has passed. Um, but what an amazing legacy that she has left behind. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, really to, you know, 2006, I mean, that's so long ago at this point, um, (laughs) you know, that, that the, you know, the, the family has stayed invested. Um, Your family has stayed invested in, in something that she started. I think that's an amazing and beautiful legacy for her life. Thank you. And And it makes me love what I do too. You know, I've had it other things that I've done in my career, but nothing is like what I'm doing now. And, you know, not only do I feel better about what I'm doing as a job, uh, but I also love the fact that I'm keeping her memory alive and keeping her alive in my heart and my head and, and in everybody else's, you know, she, she will always be a part of this company and people will always continue to find out about her both in terms of what she's done and who she is. And that's incredibly special for me. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it is. So let's talk a little bit about the garments themselves. Um, you know, so, I mean, we've, we've talked a little bit here and there, you know, there you have designs and um, you know, you've talked about the mobility of the, um, you know, but there's, there's a difference as well. You know, one of the things that I see on the website is, you know, that it's a graduated compression, that it's infused with aloe vera. <laughs> um, you know, there are so many other things. So let's talk a little bit about the garments. Sure. So, you know, the functionally uh, compression garments and graduated compression garments specifically work primarily in two ways. One is that it is compressing overall the limb and the lymph nodes and lymphatic cells have these little one-way valves that bring in the lymphatic fluid the cell analyzes the fluid and then moves it out via another one-way valve if you're compressing the whole system that the limb is in in general it makes it a little easier for those one-way valves to operate and the system just sort of works a little bit better Uh, The second aspect is the graduated. You know, it has the most amount of compression, the furthest point away from your core. So if we're talking an arm sleeve, the wrist has the highest amount of compression, and then it gets less as you move up towards your bicep. Um, And what that does is, you know, basic physics is things like to move from high pressure environments to low pressure environments. So by making that compression graduated, it is helping promote that flow of fluid from your the further parts of your limb back towards your core um you look at how these things are made you know there's really two ways to knit a fabric one is on a circular knit machine uh which is sort of like how a sock is made on a tube and then flat knit which is how most of like your sweaters and pants are made where it's a sheet of fabric that's then cut and sewn and those are really just two different sides of the same coin of knitting a fabric in terms of how compression works because both of those involve fabric that stretches and so you get that sort of stretch to it what doesn't matter how thick the fabric is or how it is knit it really is about the stretch aspect of it and that's very different than if someone has a later stage lymphedema where they're getting their arm wrapped with a short stretch bandage and what that's doing is really creating an immobile wrap so that when 
your body moves and your muscles flex, it isn't stretching with it. It hits a wall and then you get like a big spike of compression and then it releases. And that's a, another aspect of the multiple layer bandaging that does something that a circular or flat knit garment won't do. Interesting. <laughs> I'm learning so much, really genuinely learning so much. <laughs> um, and I, and I love the, um, you know, the whole thing about the aloe vera, you know, I hadn't thought about that. I would imagine that the regular compression sleeves are, you know, probably pretty dry. They're not moisture wicking. So they're holding in, you know, obviously any moisture that's there. And I would imagine that's probably not good for your skin. Um, so I love that you guys well, the, thought about and that's that. That's a tough one. Cause we, when, when we first started the, the big reason why Rachel had looked into adding that was, many of the moisturizing products that are out there are petroleum-based. And petroleum-based products do not work nicely with nylon and spandex, where the, the petroleum actually breaks down those yarns. So, you know, you couldn't put a lot of common moisturizers on your arm and then put the sleeve on. And so she had discovered the micro-encapsulated aloe vera, um, but that is actually something now that we are moving away from. Okay. Um, mostly because you know, the, the micro encapsulation are little plastic, you know, plastic bubbles right. that are inside and then those get washed out. And that's not something that we as a company want to contribute to. Uh, so, you know, we, we think that the slightly further drying and the fact that there are a lot more moisturizers out there now that aren't petroleum based and that there are now more solutions for helping moisturize without putting the garment at risk. But, you know, if someone ever has a question about is my moisturizer going to be problematic, they can always give us a call and we can do some research and figure out if there's something in there that we think might be a problem. Good. Well, and thanks for that tidbit of information <laughs> because I, you know, I, uh, you know, certainly want to make sure that we're promoting the correct information. If you're moving away from that, then we want to make sure people are aware. So one of the things that I'm thinking about is um, like insurance companies. So are these typically covered by insurance? Like, is that is that something that you have worked out or is this kind of an independent purchase? How does that all work? So it, it works in a very complicated and confusing manner, um, <laughs> as with most things regarding medical insurance, especially in this country. So... <laughs> You know, what What we've got is it's going to be very specific and depending on your individual plan. So it's not that one insurance provider covers and another doesn't. It really is more about does your plan include coverage and what is that coverage? Now, something like Medicare does not currently cover compression garments at all, whether it's ours or somebody else's. Uh, there is a uh, HR uh, that has been put in uh, you know, to Congress for, I want to say, the past 11 years. Uh, it's called the Lymphedema Treatment Act, and you can find out more at lymphedematreatmentact.org. Uh, but they are trying to get compression garments coverage with Medicare. Um, if that were to happen, I think that you would see more private insurers covering it. But as we stand right now, you know, it really is individually dependent on your specific plan. Um, and you can always call your insurance provider and find out what that coverage is. Um, if there's any questions, you can always give us a call and we can give you the codes that you might want to ask about. Uh, but there, there isn't any 
rhyme or reason as to which plans get it, which plans don't, are you covered, are you not, how many are you covered per year, all of that is variable. So we do see a lot of -of out-of-pocket payments. Okay. Yeah. And that's interesting that, you know, Medicare does not cover it. I mean, I find Mm -hmm. that that pretty fascinating that, you know, it's, it's a disease and it doesn't have to be a secondary one. It can be a primary one, but yet it's not covered. It's fascinating to me. But that's and probably confusing and, frustrating and, 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 and astonishing. <laughs> yeah. And I was going to say, and probably a whole other conversation. <laughs> yes. Um, well, is there anything else um, that we haven't talked about? I mean, I feel like we've, we've really covered a whole lot of information. Um, but is there anything else about the garments um, that you feel like we need to share um, or that you would like to share with our listeners before we close up the podcast? Sure. Um, you know, one of the other things that, What I was talking about before in terms of choice and making decisions about your risk and what you're willing to do, you know, it isn't just about wearing the sleeve. Uh, When we first came out with uh, our hand pieces, first it was a a gauntlet, which doesn't have fingers, just has a thumb. And then later on, we came out with a glove. But when we first came out with our first hand piece, we started getting a lot of feedback from therapists and doctors that our marketing pictures of someone just wearing a sleeve, because that was what we had when we first launched, uh, were really doing a disservice to their patients. And the the reasoning behind that, and we do have a, a white paper on our site from Dr. Cheville about this, is that the wrist of the arm sleeve has the highest amount of compression from what I was talking about before about how graduated compression works. So you now have sitting at your wrist, a high amount of compression fluid that was moving from your hand to your wrist could potentially get stopped by that ring of compression. And so a lot of therapists and doctors do recommend wearing some sort of a handpiece, whether it is the fingerless gauntlet or the fingered glove to help reduce that risk of getting lymphedema in your hand from just wearing a sleeve. Now, risk is always variable. And part of that as to whether or not you're going to do that is part of your whole decision-making process of, do I understand what all these potential risks might be? How much do I want to do to minim- to potentially minimize my risk? Um, and so that, you know, all of that kind of comes together there. And that, that really is why and why I keep saying, you know, a lot of what we try and do here is educate people so that they can make these decisions. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Uh, you know, it, One, I'm not a therapist or a doctor, uh, and it really does end up being a very personal decision because of the lack of really strong evidence-based medicine and studies that can support decision-making processes. Right. Well, and that's, yeah, I mean, thank you for adding that in. I did see that you had the gloves as well, but didn't really think about the fact that it could be you know, beneficial to wear a glove because if you only wear the sleeve, then you could end up with a lymphedema in your hand. Again, I'm learning so much today, (laughs) which I know that all of our listeners, um, there might be some out there that are much more knowledgeable, but, um, you know, I, I feel like this is a great episode and, um, definitely provide some, some great educational information. 
well, thank you. And I, you know, that that's what we're trying to do here. Um, and then of course, I, I always like to say that, you know, we, we do remain owned by the family. Uh, and, you know, so this is a relatively small business, uh, but we do everything here in the U S. Uh, so all of our source materials we buy here in the U S the garments are made and finished here in the U S. Uh, so, you know, in this, medical compression space, we are one of the last remaining American-owned and American-made companies, which was very important to my sister and very important to me. Yeah, great. Well, I love it. I think it's I think it's great. And if anybody is looking um, for more information, they can just go to the Lymphedivas website, which is lymphedivas.com. You got it. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you so much um, for taking the time out of your day to spend it with me, um, mostly educating me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I also want to say, you know, thank you. I I can tell that your your heart is what is guiding you, um, you know, through this company and obviously keeping the memory of your sister alive. And um, it is those kind of companies that really – I think are the companies that are truly serving breast cancer survivors. So thank you. You're welcome. And and thank you very much. Uh, You know, it was a real pleasure talking. uh, And if there's anything more that I can do for you or your listeners, you can always give us a call here. Will do. Thank you for listening to this episode of Behind the Pink Ribbon. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. If you or anyone you know would be interested in sharing your story, please send an email to podcast at behindthepinkribbon.com. Thinking about advertising on this podcast? Our ads not only create awareness for your brand, but also contribute to the continued growth and support of this show. Email us today and be on our next episode. Email podcast at behindthepinkribbon.com for more information. You've been listening to Behind the Pink Ribbon, produced by American Creative Consulting, mixed and mastered at Riverview Podcasting Studios. For more information, please visit designbyacc.com.